Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into true crime cases through the lens of a trained investigator and former prosecutor turned judge. If you are sensitive to expletives, anatomical descriptions, and accurate descriptions of true crime scenes, this podcast may not be suitable for you. Welcome to Crime Curious. I'm Charnel. And I'm Megan. And we I don't know what happened. Wow. I and I'm, I swallowed wrong. <laughs> sounded like you were a bit of a demon Happy there. Happy New Year. It was the banshee in me. Yes, it came uh, out again. Dang. I pray for all of you. I'm gonna shake the grigri. Yes, I think we need to. Shake I have the raccoon up. bones. I've got the crystal penises. I didn't want to tell you, but I actually choked on one of these before we started the episode. That's <laughs> that's, that's why. That's what it was. Oh, gosh. We have something fun today. We have a juicy mini. Oh, I love a juicy. <sighs> they come in all sizes. <laughs> yep. They're all juicy, but they come in, in all sizes. They and today, do. it is a juicy mini because there's not a crap ton of content or information about this, but it's still a really fascinating story right. that I feel like our listeners will really like. So here you go. Just a little extra You know, ju- when, extra you, when you give me that smile, just a little bit of a smile, I always wonder <laughs> what the hell you're about to bring me. Is it another alien abduction? Oh, it's so fucking close. Okay. So close. But it's it is confirmed and accurate. So you... Okay. You, cannot, you I, can't come at me with this. I can't come. I can't sit here and be like, whatever. No. Fact check. You can't. Fake news. Nope. It has been <laughs> completely uh, verified. All right. Yep. Yep. And I even did some extra verification for you. I love that you could just tell by the look on my face. It's your smile. That <laughs> if, Have you ever heard the term shit-eating grin? My grandma used to say that. Yeah. That's exactly how you just looked at me. <sighs> yep. I know you're going to love this one. Okay. I'm ready. Okay, this is the story of Teresita Bosa. Great name. Oh, she's gorgeous. She's such a cute little woman. She was born in 1929 in the Philippines. This isn't a 1920s story, but... That's when she was born. but that's when she was born. And she came to the United States in the 1960s in hopes of earning a better life. She initially came to the United States because she was very musically gifted, and she was going to study music. Do we know what she played? A piano. Okay. Yep. However, she ultimately became a respiratory therapist. Sometimes you need a real job to pay the bills when you're a struggling artist. And she was so sweet because she would give free piano lessons to the children in the neighborhood, Megan. I love her. She was so sweet. Um, This, she actually ended up working as a respiratory therapist at Edgewater Hospital, which is located just outside of Chicago, Illinois. Yeah. And- Fun fact about Edgewater Hospital, it is the birthplace of John Wayne, Wayne Gacy. Frank Sinatra was there frequently. That's a step up It is from Gacy. And this one's going to be somewhere in between because also the birthplace of Hillary Rodham Clinton. Oh, Lord. Yep. Just <laughs> keep it right there in the middle. Not to be politically motivated. No, no. We definitely are not here. I think our listeners know that by now. Oh, my. <laughs> so... Teresita Bosa led a very quiet and unassuming life. She was actually, while she was working as a respiratory therapist at Edgewater Hospital, she also was pursuing her master's degree in music. That's I amazing. think that she had hoped to um, teach musically at some point in time in her life, and hence the giving the free lessons. piano lessons to neighborhood children. 
Now, I know this is not going to seem very specific, but Megan, she either lived alone or she had a husband named Joe. That's amazing. (laughs) What fantastic information you just gave me. Listen, it was only in one source. Okay. That I just, and I'm not sure that they just verified this. I wonder if she had an estranged husband. Because all I keep thinking of is, wouldn't that be a fantastic obit? Will you write mine like that? Yes. Megan lived a fantastic life or possibly mediocre. She either lived alone or was married and either had children or did not. Right. Yes. Just leave it very (laughs) open-ended. Yep. Because uh, it's either raining or it's not. Right well, now, that's how that's how we 50/50. that's how we establish factual basis yes. when we are investigating or you know in conducting true. a forensic interview. So well done, yep. I'm impressed. Uh, so she, I don't, I do not think that she had a husband named Joe. It's possible that she had an estranged husband ma- named Joe, and that's where they got that information. But at the time of her tragic death, I do think that you will agree with me. That she did not have a, a significant other living with her. Okay. Yes. Yep. But she did live a quiet life regardless of whether or not it was with Joe or not. And I only found that in one source. So just keep that in you know, a grain of salt. I okay? tucked it in my back pocket. Yeah. On February 21st, 1977, we know that Teresita had a about a 30 minute conversation with her friend Ruth Loeb. All right. Because Loeb would later testify that she knew Teresita was um, expecting a friend to come over that day, but Teresita did not give any further details about who this friend was or the purpose of the visit, okay? About an hour after Ruth Loeb spoke with Teresita, the fire department was called to her apartment after neighbors complained of smelling smoke in the area. So the first responders go... And they tragically discover Teresita Bosa's naked and buried body under a mattress. Under a mattress? Yes. She was buried under a mattress. She was. The apartment was on fire. So had like the roof and stuff ceiling to come down on her? No, there was a knife protruding from her chest. Oh. So the fire was this not the cause of her death. Fires no. don't stab people. Not that I know of. No. No, no, but I mean, will they suffocate them? Certainly. Yeah. But stab, no. So the firefighters realized the fire was not what took her life. And they're, of course, trying to, they call in the police. Investigators are doing the crime scene. But, of course, the fire stole, in 1977, a majority of the evidence that they could have gathered. Right. Now, ultimately, they were able to determine that despite the kind of initial look, considering she was naked, Teresita wasn't the victim of a sexual assault. Now, in the same source that said that she was um, married to Joe, said she suffered sexual assault that no, all the other sources said, no, she did not. She was not assaulted. They were able to look at that evidence and see, no, she had, she been probably assaulted cause she was naked. I'm sure that was that I shouldn't even say I'm sure. Maybe she had this friend visitor over for a conjugal visit, but uh, it didn't get to that part. Okay. We don't, we don't have that information, but all we have is that she was naked and there was no semen. And we're not going to speculate just because one is naked that, that one must have been sexually assaulted. Of course. Right. So Exactly. So that's give why. Give me the I, facts. That's why I'm like, no. But what we have here is really, Megan, no physical evidence 
Besides the fact that this, there's a stabbing, there's a stabbing, mm-hmm. and that was her cause of death. Where was she stabbed? Where was the knife the protruding chest. from? Her it, chest, right in her heart. Okay. Yep. 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 So we have that, and then she was intentionally put underneath the mattress. The mattress was lit on fire, and then the rest of the apartment caught on fire. This mm-hmm. makes sense. There was an attempt to dispose of the crime scene, which yep. worked to some extent. It really did. Because for five months, police had no leads. They had no idea who would want a sweet woman like Teresita. A volunteer piano teacher and respiratory therapist. Exactly. She's a helping woman. Just has absolutely no enemies. And the police did their job. They interviewed everybody that they possibly could and could come up with absolutely no motive for why someone would want this woman dead. Well, some important clues would come about six months later, Megan, But not in the way that anyone would expect. And this is where my smile came from at the beginning of this episode. Was it a psychic? Close. It's not, but it's close. So there's this woman named Remabias. Remabias? Mm -hmm. She was also from the Philippines, and she was living in the area. The Washington Post reported that Remabias' husband, Dr. Jose Chura Jr., was a co-worker of Teresita's, okay, And he woke up about five months into after Teresita's death. He woke up in the middle of the night, and this happens on more than one occasion, to his wife, Ramabia, sitting up in bed, staring at him, saying, Doctor, I would like to ask for your help. The man who murdered me is still at large. Oh, fuck. Like a possession. Yeah. Yes. Essentially. When this happened the first time, his wife did not have any recollection of it when she woke, when he I have like, woke her up. Oh, me too. Uh, yeah. There's chills mm-hmm. everywhere. Yep. So she had no recollection and he's like, well, that was, that was Weird. very strange. But the visions continue. And so the doctor decided to ask this intruder into his wife's body, who, you know, who are you? And she, it, to his surprise... She actually answers, and this is a quote also from the Washington Post. This was from um, Dr. Chua. He said, quote, I was really surprised and scared when I asked her name, and she answered, I am Teresita Bosa. But she told me I had nothing to be scared of. She was really pleading for me to help solve her murder. So Teresita told the doctor through his sleeping wife that her murderer was a man named, or through his sleeping wife, excuse me. Through his sleeping wife, Mm -hmm. yeah. That her murderer was a man named Alan Showery, <laughs> who also worked with her at the hospital as a respiratory therapist. Oh. So the, de- the visions disturbed him and his wife enough that they went to the police. Of course. Who I'm sure took them <laughs> incredibly seriously to start well, off with. That's exactly Other than making it. yourself a suspect at this point. <laughs> right. They're like, we can't really use a voice from the great beyond. As evidence. Right. Um, so initially, it doesn't it hold away. up in court it usually. Doesn't, it doesn't, although we did cover a case where it did in okay. the 1800s. Uh, yeah, that makes more sense. See a previous episode. <laughs> so the next time a vision happened, the doctor told Teresita that there's no evidence, and she informs him there is. Alan Showery, the perpetrator, had stolen some of her jewelry and given it to his girlfriend. <gasps> No, Alan. So the doctor. That's bad. Oh, yeah. Now we have an evidence trail. We do. So the doctor goes back to the police and asks them to at least check this information out. Like, we, you know, we've 
Did she own this jewelry mm-hmm. and who has it now? Yep. Now, surprisingly, Megan, they do. Okay. Good job. Yep. Alan Showery did receive or did recently give his girl some jewelry and she was willing to bring it into the station to show Teresita's cousin, who was very close to her, the jewelry. She would have recognized yep. it. And this jewelry, from my understanding, was specially made from the Philippines, like handcrafted jewelry. This is not just Zales. Easily you know. identifiable then. Yep, yep. So the cousin absolutely identifies it as Teresita, which is why I don't think that she had a husband living with her because wouldn't he have been able to yeah. possibly recognize that jewelry was missing and then, you know, but I think that's just a case of she had maybe had a previous relationship. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm thinking too. So anyway, the police start to question Alan Showery and he does admit that he went to Teresita's apartment on the night of her murder to help her fix her television. Convenient, Alan. Uh-huh. And remember, Ruth had testified, had told the police she knew that she had a friend, Teresita had a friend coming over, didn't know why, but she was expecting someone later that evening. Well, now we're putting all this together. It seems as though she was expecting Alan Showery to fix her television. So not a gentleman caller, but a, a, right. and a I co-worker and I don't know coming to help. if they... Had know, a relationship? Yep. Yep. I, okay. I don't have that information. Um... It doesn't appear as though they did, but maybe who the heck knows? Maybe we he was don't. coming over to finish the to fix the television. There's and, no trail you know. of instant messages nope. or nope. unidentifiable Snapchats to right. to, uh, to lead to that. Exactly. So then we have him admitting that he is in her apartment the night that she was murdered, and then they discover because they're they do their damn job that he doesn't have an alibi for where he was after the murder so we've means an opportunity mm-hmm. i need to know some motive i gotta tell you am i not gonna get motive we never find like this seems to be the most random act of what did he do this before to rob the robbery seems to be the motive son of a bitch like oh she probably would you have like the jewelry so much that you decided to go kill her for it she probably would have just given it to him probably oh, with especially a, if she with knew her a life piano was lesson right Right. Like nicest woman ever. Yep. So the when they realize that he does not have a motive, Megan. Right. They arrest him. And of course, he initially tries to get the evidence thrown out against him because of where the evidence was derived, because it was derived from the great beyond. But (laughs) yeah, right. He did go quietly and they could tell by the way he was acting that he's guilty and they just need to get it. Yeah, we do. We call that. Suspicious. Yes. And please call that hinky. Yes. He was most certainly acting hinky. Once he found out that his little girlfriend had uh, spilled the beans about the jewelry and was willing Oops. to testify against him about the timing of giving the jewelry, uh, he went ahead. That and, is not your ride or die, Alan. It's not. <laughs> she nope. sold you out. Nope. He went ahead and pled guilty, but this didn't take place. His his guilty plea did not take place until February 23rd, 1979. How many? Is that two years after? <gasps> yeah. She died in 1977. And then it was, you know, five to six months later before Investigation. they even, you know, got this this solid information okay. from Teresita herself. It's not an abnormal time frame, nope. especially in the late 70s. Nope. Now, this also speaks to being the late 70s. He was sentenced to 14 years in prison for his crime, and then he was ultimately let out on parole in 1983. 
That's not long enough. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm not allowed to have opinions like that. That seems like a short period of time. Sure does. There are relationships that last, high school relationships that last longer than that kid was in prison. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had relationships uh, longer than that with, with beverages, coffee. (laughs) Um, I have a relationship like that with a Facebook friend where we only send memes back and forth to each other. Yeah. No kidding. So, yep. What what was he convicted of? Uh, Murder. Like first degree. Doesn't say. Okay. Because he pled guilty. He pled guilty. So, so it's in um in some states they have uh it's you just charge under open murder and then it's up to the jury um to decide what degree. And if they plead, it's kind of up to the judge to decide what they've admitted to. Mm-hmm. So who mm-hmm. knows? I'm I'm sure there's a record maybe there's someplace, but microfiche from the seventies is hard to come by. It really is. I'm just is. I can't believe you didn't go to Chicago and microfiche. I did not and I although a great excuse to go to Chicago because I do love Chicago. Yeah, maybe the um, podcast can use the coffee money to go and do some microfiche. That's right. Also, I bet it's expensive now. I bet it is as well. We'll figure it out. Yeah. But yeah, yeah let's let's go do fun. the road I, trip. I would love to do that for one case though, at least. That'd be cool. Yeah, he was less than four years he I served don't for like just it. stabbing her, seemingly just for her jewelry to give to his girlfriend. And then tried to cover it up by yeah, with arson. Light, yep, lighting it on fire. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh also Arson causing death also being a life offense, by the way. Uh, yeah. Apparently <laughs> he um moved to New York City after he was released. And that that's Sounds all the information legit. I have on, okay. on him there. You are but, a small fish there. Uh, right. Can get away with uh, probably a lot of stabbing. Not as not many people can find you or know what you did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You moved to the country and we know all your business. We'll but, find out who your first love was. Right. We know. We all know. That's right. This is not where we end, though. Okay, good. I have to do deeper. I had to do deeper research for you. I love it when you go deep, Sharna. I know. <laughs> I know you like it, <laughs> but I'm gently doing it instead of just ramming it. Thank you for easing in. I know that, you know, if we had talked about like how this information initially came, you might be a little skeptical. Who, me? Yes. It's like, yes. you know me. Yeah. As but I roll my eyes and go. for years. Okay. Because mm-hmm. the whole time I'm thinking... She knew something. This is a ploy. The doctor's wife. Maybe she's talked to Alan. Maybe she knew information. Was she sleep talking? Those type of things go through my mind. But according to the book, The Awake Dreamer by Samantha Fay, dreams like this are extremely common. And there are several reasons why Teresita was able to come through to Rembius rather than like her own family. Because I know some of you might be thinking, okay, if she has this cousin in the area that she was close to, to why shouldn't, yep, why wouldn't she? Because there are people like me who are not receptive to those type of things. No, you're not spiritually awakened. I'm, you're not. I'm awake. I have spirit. (laughs) Yes, I do. I have spirit. How about you? But I know what you You mean. mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in spiritual beliefs, family members can visit in our dreams frequently, but typically they don't directly after having been passed um, because the living person typically is so overwrought with grief that it would be difficult for them to move on. I like that explanation. She found a neutral third party. Yes, that that is obviously open. There There is theory. And actually this story is also in The Awake Dreamer. By okay. Samantha Fay. This story is mentioned. It's a it's a really an interesting book. I was really sucked into it. Lots and lots of personal stories from people about situations like this. Family members that have 
come through. Well, in her delivered spirit, messages. she chose the right vessel then because it was with a doctor whom she had worked with. Yep. She knew there's there and a smart an, guy, too, by yes, the way. So yes. you're talking about an educated man who's sitting there, possibly maybe skeptical like I am thinking, what in the hell is happening mm-hmm. with my wife? Yep. Yep. Exactly. Now, from a spiritual perspective, they shared an energy cord because they worked together and they were both, they were all from the Oh, his wife worked there too? His wife did not. He only, doctor, he did. But she, did. she did know his of course. wife. Yep. And they're all from the Philippines. Okay. So they have that, that ancestral connection, right? That energy cord. So. We and, got a little goosebumps and, again. Yeah. And obviously she was open and receptive to receiving the message where the cousin more than likely was still in such a heavy state of grief sure. that um, according to Samantha Fay, spirits can do not come initially until some of the grief has, has been processed through. Otherwise it would be very difficult for the living to continue to process through their grief and, and move on. Well, right. And how much do you, as you're trying to internalize and separate, how much of it is, oh shit, there's something going on and I'm trying to be reached from beyond, yeah. the beyond, or how much of this is me it's missing just my grief, my yep. family member yep. that exactly. I loved. Exactly. And the other thing is that um, typically, um, according to Samantha Faye, it takes a lot of energy for the spirits on the other side to come through. I know. I watched Ghost with yeah. Demi Moore and Patrick yes. Swayze. It's very hard it's to do that. It's very difficult. And you have to, typically they come with an important message. They they will come and visit when they have an important message, a, a way to guide. Yeah, and I've sometimes, sometimes that message is um, even like this person isn't moving on because they're struggling so much with their grief. So then they will come through just to tell them, I am okay. Oh. And you can move on. You know, Aww. like please move on with your life because things are good here and it's and it's okay. That feels like that so, would happen with like your soulmate or something. Yes. Yep. You do have to have a strong energy connection, have had oh, a, a strong soul connection. Maybe I better here on awaken Earth. my spirit a little I, because I that think, just sounds I'll lovely in you. the future. Okay. I will help you. It we is can, very lovely. We'll meditate. Yes. We'll do some yoga with the crystal and the bones beforehand. We should. If you've never meditated, man, give it a try. I, I do yoga. That's good too. I do. So I feel like good. I'm opening up my chakras mm-hmm. and yep. muscles and hips yoga. and everything yes. else. Yes, but. that's lovely. But even 10 minutes of meditation a day, you guys, if you've never tried it, oh my God, I highly recommend it. It all really right. clears your anxiety. Plus now I have to do it because we might be able to solve more crimes. So you yes. all have to do this too. Right. Let's meditate. We are one collective. We share energy. Everything is energy. God. Come on guys. If you, if you were selling spiritualism, I'm buying. There you go. It really is quite beautiful. I've, I've went down. It was actually Amanda Quick, our interview that we did uh with her yeah that her her uh, maybe i should message amanda and get some professional help help. (laughs) she her website's gorgeous and it just like drew me in and i started reading and i I, i've been on a beautiful journey not gonna lie i've been on a beautiful journey with it but that's how i found samantha's okay um book and was in you know was researching it and I realized oh my gosh Teresita's story is in here too that's we amazing. gotta bring this to the listeners this is so cool so so that's where she um how she kind of explains like why why Teresita would able be able to come through sure. to this kind of seemingly random woman but not you yeah. know and in legitimately help just get her as story skeptical told. as I want to be this solved a murder it did and there's a ton of stories like that in her book where you're just like, Oh, okay, I need but, to read it. Don't shit. I? One of the most, a really fascinating thing. 
and maybe some listeners have had this happen before, was how people can visit each other in their dreams. So literally, and I could see you and I doing this with as connected as we are. Yeah. Where we have And I do have very dream. vivid graphic dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so, stuff you're, that you, so you're like a lucid dreamer. And I remember okay. them. That's a sign of being awakened as And well. I can control them. Yes. So if they're starting to go badly and I kind of wake up a little, it. I mm-hmm. go, I get myself back to sleep and change the narrative. So according to Samantha, that is lucid dreaming. And you're I'm actually more dreamer. spiritually awake than you realize. That is a higher level of consciousness. Fuck yeah. Yeah. And I love doing I knew that. that about myself. I love, <laughs> of course. <laughs> I actually super love being able to control my dreams. It is a lot of fun. M- m- me too, for many reasons, but also mostly because I like the horror genre. And as one could imagine, things can go sideways when you're sleeping after mm-hmm. you watch something like that. And I just change it. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So you should watch more horror. You might find that you're just, you're okay. It's when you're awake and you go into a dark room that you should worry. Mine are beautiful. Like the last one that I was able to control was just a couple of weeks ago. And, um, randomly my, my high school boyfriend's mother came to visit me and, um, she died a couple of years ago Oh, and we were in her, her old house and she actually had her Rottweiler that I know she got after, um, her son and I broke up and he, the Rottweiler is there with her on the other side and she's super happy and she was making cookies and we were, she was just like telling me that she's okay. And we hugged and basically like giving a goodbye, like, Hey, you were a part of my life when I was here on earth and I just want you to know. And when I walked out, your brain gave you closure. Yeah. And when I walked out the front door, which was a, a signal of the front door was only used for like friends and guests. Okay. I usually used the garage door. That's the family was, door. Yep, when I, it's the yep. one I use when I come to Charnel's. Yes. And so I went out the front door feeling like I'm, I'm still a friend of hers. And from, and I knew that I was dreaming at that point in time and that I could control where I went after that. And I wanted to walk around their property and just like say goodbye to it essentially. That's Cause so there cool. it was a really pretty property. So I helped myself to the front yard and the backyard where her gardens were and just had, it was beautiful. That was just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I'm going to read this book. It's a really great book. It has a beautiful front cover on it too. So Oh, I'm a sucker for a pretty face it, even on a book. It keeps you it keeps you entertained anyway. So so that's the story of Teresita Bosa and how she helped solve her murder. And do you think her own murder? Do you think they ever would have I mean there was no one to know that she had this jewelry stolen. I don't think it ever would have been solved, no. Megan. I don't think so either. And I think she How has, could it have been? And and it makes sense. It kind of tracks with what Samantha Fay was saying in that she had an important message to come through. So her energy was able to do that and to work that through after she had been, you know, passed on to the other side. But six months later, because my understanding is, is that it takes a little bit. When we get there to the other side, you have to go through a life review, you know, with with everybody and just kind of. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to make a valid argument about which way I'm going to go when I get to St. Peter's Gate. (laughs) So we're going to have a chat about this as he gets his list out. I'm going to be like, so listen, I need to explain. This is not multiple choice, right? Because I need an (laughs) essay. I got to explain myself. I have, I have explanations. It's going to be all right. Well, on this date, Megan, you did this. So listen, Pete, 
this is what's going on. <laughs> this is why. And and right. honestly, in your life review, from my understanding, it's actually more about how it made the other person feel than for your actions than yeah. than you know you. And there there are some things like I look at my days back in CPS, and yes, did I piss those parents off by taking their kids? Yes. yes. But nine times out of ten, a lot of them understood exactly why it was happening. Yeah, we've been there. Mm-hmm. You know my story of terminating somebody's parental rights at a trial, and then afterward, I went and sat with her on the front steps and cried. Right, right, like, exactly. I did exactly. not feel good about what I was doing, but no. she even knew that yep. that was the best thing for her kids. It was in their best interest and yes. she just couldn't get her life straight. But yep. I felt bad. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And mostly so, compassion. So I think you'll be just fine okay. when you get there. Thank you. you know, I but appreciate from that. From my understanding, some life reviews can take longer than others. And there's going to be a lot of pages in mine. So I can't certainly. come back to haunt anybody or come back in their Not dreams right for maybe Not six right months. Not right away. Yeah. You got to go through some things first. <laughs> I'm on I'm on bond in heaven for a yes. bit. And it's part of my pre, uh, pre-trial. Just a of purgatory. <laughs> right. And then you'll be released. You're not allowed fine. to leave the state of heaven for the next right. six months without permission. Yep. 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 They do. They, from my understanding, they have places like that. I, You'll be good. I liked your juicy mini. <laughs> Thank and I hope, you. I hope you all liked it too. Yes. Even you skeptical guys like me. Yep. Yep. So. And you know, hey, check out, expand your horizons. I am a lifelong learner. I love learning about different things, different religions, different everything. I just love to learn. History and and culture for me. If I'm in a new city, I immerse myself in it. I have to know everything about it and why it's, why the people are, how they are. I am fascinated by history and how it's shaped all of us and the things that we still haven't seemed to learn. Humans be dumb, guys. Oh, it's the whole history repeats itself thing. And it does because it's like our souls just don't learn those lessons unless we repeat them over and over again. Fine. Someday. Repetition. Someday we're going to get there. Okay. And we're going to learn. But that's when we reach the state of enlightenment and the moon opens up and the spaceship comes with all the aliens and grabs us and takes us to our next level. That would be great. (laughs) Can someone make that shit happen? I just watched a movie on sci-fi. Did you? (laughs) Yeah. I couldn't tell. No. I do have a brain bath for you though. Oh, you're going to bathe me. Okay. I'm going to bathe you. This one... Oh, I want to show you the picture that goes along with this one. Okay. All right. Don't read the headline, but do you see I that won't. little picture? It's a police robot. It, that's shaped like an egg. Mm-hmm. Aww. If you notice. Poli- Officer Egbert? <laughs> Egbert. I don't know what else to call him. Well, I'm very excited title. right now. Police robot told woman to go away after she tried to report a crime and then sang a song. <laughs> this is why we have to worry about AI people. Yes. This is what's we're happening. Not, we're not ready for it. It could have been worse. We're it could have ready. i-roboted her. But right. instead, it was like, go away. <laughs> and, then, and then it was like, what would be a good go? I love you. You love me. Like saying you're some Barney. There's a meme on Facebook that shows this. And it was like, imagine a bot telling you to go away and then singing Highway to Hell on the way that past you. That is funny. So this is the story. A police ro- robot told a woman to go away after she tried to report a violent brawl that was breaking out nearby. <laughs> And then it trundled off while singing a song. I want to know the song. Congo. uh, Oh, it just, it it gets to what it sounded like. It wasn't the name of a specific song, but you're going to, you're going to know the sound when I say it in a second. 
Um, this person named Congo rushed over to the motorized police officer and pushed its emergency alert button on when they saw the brawl break out in Salt Lake Park, Los Angeles last month. And this happened in 2019. So okay. it's been, a, it's been a little while. Y'all are fancy there in LA. Yes. This is apparently was in a beta test situation. Oh, success. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> instead of offering assistance, the egg shaped robot, whose official name is H. P. Robocop oh. barked at Congo to step out of the way. Do you want me to say that in a robot voice? Step out of the way. Step out of the way. <laughs> to add insult to injury, the high-tech device then rolled away while humming an intergalactic tune. That is fantastic. He's R2-D2. I'm just picturing intergalactic tune to be the beginning opening of the Beastie Boys. I was intergalactic planetary. Yeah. It's the first thing I thought of too. <laughs> We are so we energetically are. connected. Plus, it's the F and Beastie Boys. It is, which is yeah, amazing. Yeah, we love your roots, guys. Oh. They're awesome. So it was pausing periodically to say, please keep the park clean. <laughs> <laughs> Congo, Get out with your dirty thoughts, lady. We don't want you here. That's right. Congo told NBC News, I was pushing the button, but it said, step out of the way. <laughs> It just kept ringing and ringing, and I kept pushing and pushing. The concerned bystander thought the five-foot-tall robot might have needed to see her face before it began to work, so she crouched down in front of its camera. But the egg-shaped device still didn't work, and it forced her to call 911 instead. Instead, Officers from the Huntington Park Police Department cops finally arrived 15 minutes later after the brawl, was the brawl over. had ended. It left one woman with a bad head, head wound, which Shit. she um, was then stretchered into an emergency ambulance and taken away for emergency treatment. Local, I'm so sorry. I'm laughing at that. I, know, I, I know. I'm a terrible human. See, this is on my list. But you and Pete are going to talk about this We're later. We're going to talk about it. It was an uncomfortable laugh, Pete. It was. It's okay. And she never, the person on that stretcher is not listening to us right okay. now. So it never harmed their soul. I'm sorry, ma'am. It's Okay. Local police chief uh, Cosme Lozano says the robots, which cost between sixty and $70,000 a year to lease them. That's tax money well spent. They're still in a trial phase and their alert buttons have not been activated. Hey, maybe put a sign on him then that says that. I'm Just a lit, saying. I'm a litter bot. Yeah. Like, don't right. actually don't, come to me with a problem. Will not respond to emergency. Yeah, yeah I have a t-shirt that says that. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to do <laughs> He said that law enforcement have not yet started advertising the robot's crime-fighting activities because it's not activated yet. Good. Uh, so any help requests are currently sent to the company called Nightscope, which which creates and leases the robots. Uh, so that means it's not going to go anywhere. Okay. Just so you know. So he added that once the robot completes its trial... Um, calls made using its alert button will be sent straight to dis dispatch, which I could see how this could be very valuable. Of course. Um, other versions of the same model have previously hit the headlines after one fell into a fountain in Washington, D.C. Hold on. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to talk to Pete about this one later, too. Oh, my God. And a third HP RoboCop. <laughs> she's sorry. dying here she snorted that's the cutest snore ever i'm sorry i love it's it it's not it's awful for what i'm laughing about but just thinking of it running into this <sighs> a third hp robocop struck a child while <gasps> patrolling a mall in california's silicon valley 
It knocked the child in the fountain. Probably like, no, no, not into a fountain. It just ran into a child. child. Yeah. One fell in a fountain. One knocks over a kid. One robot. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. Please keep the park clean. (laughs) Oh, my heart. I'm dying. The child wasn't hurt. I mean, I would never laugh if a child was hurt. At the harm to harm to a child. Right. Of course not. This is the image of this five foot tall egg robot, which by the way, is only two inches shorter than me. Right. (laughs) It's a Charnel sized bot. Just get out of the way. Please keep the park clean. I wonder if the one that ran into the child said, please keep the mall clean. Can we have t-shirts made with a picture of that bot on and just write, please keep the park clean on it? We really I want should. one. Look at or get so out of the way. That's it. I want get out of the way. Will not respond to emergency. <laughs> I also need that. Like why? Why do we have him? If it's a police, what is this? What is this police egg doing about litter? I don't know. Just reminding. People. I have a lot of comments to make about you know, his appearance it looks in like general. A magic bullet. It does. <laughs> I'm sorry. It does. I know it really does. Yeah, I don't think that we should. You find women stuck to this for sure. That's sake. disgusting. That is awful. And yeah, <laughs> but it's not wrong, honey. I'm coming home late. I'm gonna be in the park with the vibrating police officer, with the HP Robocop, <laughs> with the HP Robocop. Oh, oh God. hell! There it is. Okay. Yeah. Well. See, juicy minis are not so mini anymore. I guess, but they're juicy. Mm-hmm. I told you, size doesn't matter. This was still a great episode. It was. It was. (laughs) Oh, shit, you guys. Hey, if you'd like to follow us on social media, please do. We have a brand new website. Actually, crimecuriouspodcast.com. It would help if I got the actual website I can assure you that if you just type in your Google search engine, Crime Curious, it comes up. But it is crimecuriouspodcast.com. And maybe by the time this airs, it is very possible that when you click that shop merch uh, link, that you could get our merch. That's right. So I I do believe that it'll be launched by the time um, we release this. So I say that like I have no control over it. I'm literally the one that made the website and the merch. And and the monkey presses the button. Right, right. So hopefully I will have had all the kinks worked out by, by the time this airs and you guys can do that. If not, and you click it and it doesn't work, hang tight because it will be coming coming. yep we've got we've got all of the merch ready and so it's just a matter of making sure that um everything is working correctly on the website so we can sell it you can send us suggestions on that website sure can reach out to us especially on social media we always respond we do um i'm a big facebook responder i i I tend to do mostly that i think charnel's my instagram and twitter because i i'm not i'm so old i've got to figure it out for me but i do i respond to everything on instagram too we're just letting you know Yep. We're not going to leave you wanting. We aren't. We are here for you. And you can just send email us directly at crimecurious at yahoo.com as well. And we will um, respond. We'll, we'll respond. So send anything, brain baths, case suggestions, yeah. whatever you got there. So. In the meantime, listeners, you make sure you keep it curious. Yes. And keep listening. Oh, should we mention that if they don't want to become a Patreon, but they just want to donate yeah, absolutely. to Let's the talk, cause? Talk about coffee money. Yeah, you can go to buy me a coffee slash Crime Curious. You're not actually buying me a coffee because I'm, I'm not yeah. allowed to accept you know gifts or funds. Me nope. personally, just so you know, this goes into research. Yep. So Charnel um, buys books and does all kinds of things. And we've had some recent people, I think, give you some coffee money and mm-hmm. she purchased research with it. So just so you yep. guys know, that's what we're doing to bring you great content. Yep. And there's a link for that in our show notes as well. So, okay. Till next time, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>